Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the 4 FCS Fanatics Radio Show with your hosts, Adam Willey, Preston Adams, Dakota Collins, and Jeff Wigton. And now, here's the show. Welcome in, FCS fans. This is your host, Adam Willey. And what a week it's been. We had two games last week. We had the semifinal matchup. We had on Friday night, we had the number five seed. They came into Far- South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. They came into Fargo to play the Bison, the one seed. On Saturday, we had the Celebration Bowl. We had North Carolina A&T playing Alcorn State. And for the other semifinal game, the seven seed, Maine, the Black Bears, went out to Shaney, Washington to play Eastern Washington. We'll recap those games here in a little bit. We had, I'll say now, quick summary, North Dakota State beat South Dakota State to advance to the championship down at Frisco, Texas. Eastern Washington beat Maine to also advance down to the championship in in Frisco, Texas. And North Carolina A&T came away with the Celebration Bowl victory. A couple more news in the FBS. We had some coaches hired this weekend. We had... um, they hired their new coach, Elon coach Kurt Signotti. Signotti can't say it correctly. Did I say it? It was Signetti. Kurt Signetti. He's re- he's your replacement for Mike Houston. We had at NDSU Matt Enns is going to replace Chris Kleiman. We got some coaching changes going on here in the FCS. Looks like we had Tony Triskiani. He's going to replace Kurt Signetti at Elon. Rusty Wright is replacing Tom Arth at Chattanooga. Announced today, Chris Merritt will replace James Perry at Bryant. Uh, let's see who else changed. Right. Ted Al- Trey Oliver, he's going to replace Granville Eastman at Central. Troy Taylor, he will replace Jody Sears at Sacramento State. We also had announced today, Maine, they will be looking for a new head coach after Joe Harazniak took a job at University of Minnesota as a defensive coach. Yeah, a lot of changes to FCS coaching. A few minutes we'll have here at 7.30, we'll have special guest, NDSU's North Dakota State, their top prospect, Luke Wirtz, out of Batavia, Illinois. He'll be joining us here in a little bit. And... Oh, we got All-Americans were announced this week, but we can run through those. On offense, we had Kennesaw State. We had QB that will be announced. The first All-American team QB will be announced on January 4th, and that will be the Walter Payton Award winner. So that's going to be either be Chandler Burks from Kennesaw State, Devlin Hodges, Samford, or Easton Stick in North Dakota State. And then running back for that stats FCS All-American team, we had Ryan Fulce out of Wagner, A.J. Hines out of Duquesne, 
At fullback, we had the big man Joe Prothero at Cal Poly. Wide receiver was Michael Bandy out of San Diego, Keelan Doss out of UC Davis, and Josh Pearson out of Jacksonville State. At tight end, we had Donald Parham out of Stetson. On the old line, we had B.J. Autry, Jacksonville State, Drew Forbes, Southeast Missouri State, Ayosua Opeta out of Weber State, Matt Pike at East Tennessee State, and Tanner Volson out of North Dakota State. On defense, we had Daryl Johnson Jr. out of North Carolina A&T, Isaiah Mack out of Chattanooga, Derek Roberson out of Sam Houston State, Colin San- Saunders out of Western Illinois, B.J. Blunt out of McNeese State, Zach Hall at linebacker out of Montana. Oh, no, out of Southeast Missouri State. We had Dante Olson out of Montana at linebacker. We had Sterling Sheffield from Maine for linebacker. At defensive back, we had the Delaware back, Nasir Adderley. Robbie Grimsley from North Dakota State. Jimmy Moreland from James Madison and Isaiah, Isaiah Swan from Dartmouth on D-back's team. We the place kicker from special teams, Roland Akobendas. Punter, we had Alex Peckshin. Peckshin from Bucknell. We had Patrick Eby from Columbia. We had Jean Constant from Bryant. We had D'Angelo Amos, punt returner, James Madison, John Lovett from Princeton, AP. I don't know what that means, but he got on there. Now, seven, about 7.30, about to call on our guest here, get Luke on the show, can we get him Ask him a few questions. Can we get him on here? Can we get him up here? Hello? Hey, Luke, how you doing? Yeah, doing great. How about yourself? Good. Hope finals are going well for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything's going great. So, I'm I'm Adam, obviously. This is the 4FCS Fanatics radio show. We'll have one other guy will be joining us here in a little bit. Normally, there's four okay. of us that are on here. But as of yeah. now, you, just got, you get to deal with me for a little bit. Okay, great. Tell us a little about yourself, Luke. Okay, well, I uh, I was born in Sugar Grove in Illinois and uh, moved to Batavia freshman year. I, I played football pretty much my whole life. I started in fourth grade and played up to, up, all the way up till now. But, you know, I, I played O-line for a lot of my life. And then uh, junior senior year, moved to Mike Packer, and it's been good ever since. So how did you first hear about NDSU? Uh, so I first heard about them when... My dad, he actually went on a visit near Fargo, or he 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 works out near the Waterloo area because he works for John Deere, and uh, you know he brought home a I think it was a four-time national championship shirt, and you know and, uh, obviously Carson Wentz was pretty big at the time too, so I heard about it through the media, and that was that was pretty much my first time hearing about it. So you had what was it? I think kind of seven FBS offers. I don't. I don't know the exact number. Yeah. I think that's what I counted. So let's, I'm just gonna go with that. So what made you choose NDSU over those offers? No, it's just the incredible culture that Fargo has and NDSU. You know, I saw a lot of similarities from my high school in Batavia, and you know, ever since I visited NDSU, I just knew it was a place for me. So, let's see, I think. Um. Another question. I'm trying to think of what it was right now, but um, I don't worry about it. What was 
was it? Let's go. With, what was favorite in high school career? I'm sorry. What was that? You're you're breaking up a little bit. Oh. What was your favorite moment of playing high school football in your career so far? Okay. Uh, my favorite moment was definitely last year, my junior year, when we won state and we we played at IU, and you know it was a really special time, obviously for everyone. And you know, going into the season, we knew we were going to be a special group, but we didn't know how far we could go. And we, but we lost. We were undefeated all the way up to our last regular season games. We were eight and one the regular season, and then. That that loss really fueled fueled us into the playoffs, and we we won out and made it to state, and you know winning state was just the most incredible moment. All right, so I read you were up in Fargo this past weekend, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. So, what did you think of the atmosphere in that semifinal game? Oh, it was great. It was you know absolutely phenomenal. I I was sitting in the student section and. I couldn't even hear my myself talk, you know, let alone anything else. And you know, when the Bison are on defense, it's it's loud, and um, I'm really excited for that. And obviously, it being a semifinal game, along with playing the rivals SDSU, it's going to be you know, packed stadium. And I saw that, and you know, it, it was just an incredible experience overall. And I'm guessing you're ready to play in front of all that, aren't you? Oh, I am. Yes, sir. So. I saw you had an offer from Kansas State where yep. Chris Kleiman is now at. What made you decide to stick to NDSU instead of following him? Well, I, uh, you know, obviously when Coach Kleiman was announced head coach for K-State, it was a shock to a lot of people. I know obviously he's been in the run, running for the job and you saw his name in there, but you never really thought he was going to leave. But, you know, once they, once they announced Coach Enns as the head coach, I, I just knew that, you know, it was in good hands when he was going to make the right decisions to fill the, fill the other spots in the you know, coaching staff and everything. And I, I always knew that the culture was never going to change. And you can't, if you, when you're looking for a college you want to go to, you can't just look at the coaches because, you know, the, the college football is college football. It's a business. You know, coaches are going to change. you gotta, you got to look at things past that. And I, I saw the culture and I saw a place that I wanted to be in Fargo and stuck with it. So... Let's say, let's go with this. If you had to compare yourself to one player playing football, whether it's college or NFL, who would you compare yourself to? Uh, I don't know if I could compare myself to him, but you know, one of my one of my favorite players of all time right now is Luke Keekley, and that's uh, you know, the reason for that is because he's such you know a field general. He, he's getting people in the right spot. He's you know incredibly smart on the field, and you can you can tell that he he diagnoses plays before they even happen. And I, I aspire to be like him. So you said, I believe you said in the original, you were an offensive lineman at first? Yeah, yeah. right. in early high school. Fre- freshman year, I got pulled up to the sophomore team, and I was an offensive lineman for that team. And then I got moved to D-line my sophomore year on varsity. And then from D-line, I went to linebacker, and the past two years have been that. So how much change did you have to go through to, for those position switches? Uh, from O-line to D-line, it wasn't much change. But uh, from D-line to linebacker, I had to lose a little bit of weight. I think I was around 240 my sophomore year at D-line. And then I got down to around 220, 215. But I lost the weight in the right way where I kept all my strength. And, you know, I just felt faster than ever. And I've, I've always felt more comfortable as a linebacker and, you know, make a plays in space and everything. So, so – you said your favorite moment was playing in that state championship game last year. Yes, sir. What would you What would you say like your biggest or your most favorite memory besides that would be? Um, let me think for a sec. Okay, uh, this year actually was one of my best memories. It was deep into the playoffs. It was actually our second to last practice of the year because we, we fell to Nazareth in the semifinals. And, you know, that, that second to last practice, it was, you know, it was just a normal practice. Everyone was hyped up. Obviously, it was playoffs. It was getting a little bit colder out. But halfway through the practice, the snow started falling down. And, you know, that, that's just a really special thing when you know, you're still practicing when it's snowing out. And, you know, that really fueled up our team. We, I don't think the scout team got a first down that entire practice because, you know, everyone was running around making plays. And 
you know, that, that just made me realize how fun it is to play football with your buddies. And, you know, it, it really made me enjoy the sport a lot more. That's what I've noticed about watching football is a lot more people have more fun playing like the snow and the rain because it's just oh, more definitely. fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. So who was in high school, who was your favorite opponent you got to play against? Favorite opponent was probably our, well, they're not our direct rivals. Our direct, our direct rivals are Geneva, which is a, city, mm. a town that's like directly north of us. And uh, they're, they've been our rivals for a lot of years, but they're, they're not very good. They haven't been very good the past few years, so they they weren't much of a rivalry. I think we've, we've beaten them in a com- combined the last two years, like 96 to nothing. So <laughs> they weren't much of a rival, but definitely St. Charles North. They, uh, they beat us last year and. To, to win the conference last year because they were, I think, mean, 7-1 and one going into the game, and we were 8-0, and, oh, and they beat us to win the, the conference. And this year was a similar thing where we both were, you know, I think they were 7-1 and one again, and then we were 8-0 eight and, eight and oh or 7-0. and oh. I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but they've, they've you know, they play good football there, and, you know, it, it's been a good rivalry between us. All right. Thanks, Luke. I wish we could have more questions for you, but unfortunately I can't think of many more by myself. So, Oh, don't worry good, about it. Good luck on the rest of your senior season, and maybe we'll get yep. to meet next year up in Fargo. Definitely. All right, nice talk to you, Adam. Thank All you. Right. Yep, you too. Thanks, Luke. All right, bye-bye. That was number one recruit for the Bison of North Dakota State. Great conversation there. Break down some of these games. Start off with the first semifinal game of the week, the North Dakota State versus the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. That was a it was a good game in front of a good attendance on that Friday night of eighteen thousand two hundred and eighty six. And that was the seventh, no, that was the eighth, I believe, appearance in the semifinals, eighth straight appearance for the Bison. And they they are now seven and one in those semifinals. That's a pretty good for the FCS, I'd say. Good way to send out seniors who we had they had 18 seniors gradu- graduate that day. 18 of the 24 seniors graduated. A good way to send out climbing from the Fargo Dome for the Jackrabbits. It was decent, I'd say. Offensively, Taron Christian, Jackrabbits quarterback, he had 10 completions and 26 attempts for... 180 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. For the Bison, we had Easton Stick, 12 of 15, 169 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions. On the rushing side, however, for the Jackrabbits, we had, let's see, Pierre Strong Jr., who in 20 carries had 135 yards, averaged 6.8 yards per attempt, and had one touchdown. Pretty hard to do against the Bison. Not many running backs this year have been able to do that as North Dakota State is, they've only given up, let's see, what does it say? They've only given up they only give up, I think, I don't even know if it's 100. Let me check. They give up, oh, I don't know. What, it doesn't say what they give up, but not that many. They don't give up many rushing yards in a game. And then we had Taryn Christian, who had eight, 10 carries for 32 yards, averaging three yards per carry. And C.J. Wilson had one carry for eight yards. And that obviously averages eight yards to carry. 
And then on the Bison side, Dick was the leading rusher as well. So at 16 carries, 147 yards and 9.2 yards per carry. And he led the team with three rushing touchdowns. He had four touchdowns on the day. Combined total of, let's see, he had a combined total of 316 yards on the air and on foot. So he played extremely well Saturday, or on Friday. Now, let's look back. I finally found that stat. Eastern, or the, they only, Bison have given up average per game. Well, they give up Barely, they give up 111.5. That's not bad. And this guy had 135. An average of 6.8. And they they average giving up an average of 3.3 yards. Okay, so not not as it's better than or worse actually than I thought. But back to the stats. NDSU's second leading rusher was Seth Wilson, the sophomore. Um. Holman, Wisconsin, he had two carries for 86 yards and averaged 43 yards per carry. And then senior Bruce Anderson, he had nine carries for 79 yards and 8.8 yards per carry with two touchdowns. So that's six touchdowns on the day for the Bison. And then we have Adam Cofield, he had six carries for 77 yards and 12, average of 12.8. And we had Ty Brooks, 12 carries for 48 yards and average of four yards per carry. Then we had, last we had Darius Shepard, one carry for five yards, average of five, and that was on a jet sweep. All five of the six NDSU touchdowns came on the run, three of them were in the quarterback had four touchdowns of the day. That's pretty good. Now, receiving. Because, oh, looks like we got Jeff here. Jeff, how you doing tonight? Doing fine. How are you? Pretty good. You just missed Luke. Had a good interview with Luke. And now we're just recapping oh, the semi, and we're just recapping the semifinals now. Oh, fun! Okay. So, did you get to watch any of them? Uh, no, no. I, I wish I had been able to see a little bit of Maine and and uh, Eastern Washington. I would have liked to have seen how that game went in the Inferno, but unfortunately, the way that uh, last Friday went, no, it, that just wasn't going to happen. All right. All right. So, so you didn't get to, you you know, didn't get to and, watch and, and, the game. And nothing. No, I didn't get to watch either one of them. You know, though it, it surprised me that, that, of course, Maine got off to that early lead, and then Eastern Washington just shut them down. They did. Eastern's a good team. Well, and, and they were in the Inferno, and I get that, but at the same point, they, you know, they did show why that they are, why they came into that game ranked third in the in the FCS there and you know it was a good game it was uh, it was I think it was a good warm up for the Eagles before they go to before they go to the um before they go to Frisco to face you know your uh, your North Dakota State's Bison Yeah I think that was a, I think uh what's his name Eric Berrier or how do you say his last name he really showed okay that he's going to be the future of Eastern Washington, the quarterback. Yeah. Well, and it's a good thing that they were able to rely on him and that he basically came in, you know, after he came in, they could have just folded and said, all right, we're done for the year. But instead, oh, yeah. goodness, he was able to come in and just, he kept the train going and Eastern Washington just rolled on. And now they're, they're rolling on down to Dallas to face, North Dakota State, so this will be. I think it'll be a good game, you know. I think it will too. Um, mhm. Yeah, because look at the I stats. 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead because I don't have any stats in front of me at all. But um, oh. I think I think the the best part about this game is just the fact that these are going to be two strong offenses with two really strong defenses. So this could. I, I'm not sure whether you should say that this is going to be a shootout or whether this will be a defensive struggle. Yeah, I think it could be a mix of both. You could see, like, the first mm-hmm. half, you could see a shootout, and the second half, you could see defensive struggle or flipped. I think it'll be, be flipped, game. if anything. I think the defenses will will control the first half, and I think that yeah. in the second half, you know, by then, Easton Stick is going to have the, the Eagles defense figured out. And, you know, it'll. I think that it'll just depend on whether the, the kid can come in and, and match mm-hmm. the bison step-for-step. Step. Yeah, I was just looking at the stats, actually, from that Eastern Washington game. Arier, I would say, had over 400 combined passing and rushing yards that game. That was with seven touchdowns passing. He's That just shows that he's such a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, my only concern for Eastern Washington in that game is their running backs. Yeah. You know, will their running backs be able to match the Bison running backs? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the Bison running backs have shown time and time again they can they can match any defense in the league. So yeah, they and can. I think that in my opinion, that's that's where this game is really going to be made up is is how how do the Eagles running backs step up and and match mm-hmm. with the uh, with, with the Bison. Because if you look at the stats, take away Easton's stick from the Bison rushing stats. Their top rusher had 86 yards and Eastern's had 64. So they're, they were pretty similar last week stat-wise. And then that's also, like I said, that's taking away Easton Stick, who had almost 100 more yards than Eastern's top running back. But that's that's the thing there. You even got to take a look at how Easton, you know, handles the ball on his end. You know, mm-hmm. because he he as you as you're alluding to right there, he even himself can be a running back. You know, oh, yeah. he, boy, who does what what former. Uh, North Dakota State quarterback does that remind you of? Well, I've, it reminds me of a couple of them. <laughs> I think the, the last. Okay, I was thinking one that plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, but um, you You're know, not wrong there, he's pretty, Yeah, no, he's pretty nimble in the pocket himself, Mister Wentz. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I just. You know, you look at that running attack that the Bison are going to bring. It's the reason why, um, and, I, and I don't know if you've uh, started talking about, um, you know, how you think that the national title game is going to go, but I, I could totally see that this is why the Bison will win the national title game is because of, you know, they've got, you know, multi-pronged deep, or offense, and I don't know yeah. if, if Eastern's going to be able to, to match them in that respect. I think it's offensively, honestly, if NDSU's wins this game, it's going to be because, be because of Stick's performance. Mm-hmm. If he performs unbelievably well out of his shoes, I don't see any way that they lose that game unless somehow their defense completely falls apart. And the vice defense is not going to fall apart. Yeah, I don't... Honestly, with how on they are this year on defense. I don't see them falling apart either. I don't see either defense falling apart, really. You know, I, I do see that that, uh, that the quarterbacks will be able to find holes in the defense. But, you know, the, the Eagles cannot rely on that passing game all day long. They're going to have to have yeah. a, a good, you know, a good balanced attack to make this game work. Yeah, which... They've shown this year they can run and pass the ball. They've shown that a few times this year that they can run the ball. 
true, and, and this is where, and I don't have a computer in front of me, of course, right now, but this is where I would love to go back and say, okay, but how did the running backs stack up game for game? I mean, I understand that they played defenses like Weber State, and, um, yeah. and of course, I have always tried to, to, to say Davis is Cal Poly, um, but, you know, they've played some of those tough games, even even Montana and Montana State, you know, when you go mm-hmm. up against those guys, those, they have formidable defenses. But, you know, how do, how has their running game been against, you know, the formidable teams? For instance, um, again, UC Davis and, uh, and Weber State, you know, because those are teams that, as you and I both know, have yeah. a really strong defense. How did they mm-hmm. do against those teams? And in fact, if I remember right, what was that Weber State uh, – Eastern Washington score? Uh, that one was, I'm looking at it right now, what was it? The Weber State score was, I think it was 14 to 6. Mm-hmm. That so was the first Weber game. Weber won by had, 8. Right, and that was the first game where the Eagles hadn't had a touchdown in, was it almost two years? So. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, this is where this is where I mean that that's where I'm sitting here going, I I can't give my nod here to the Eagles in this game. And, and, you know, this, if this was played at the Inferno, mm-hmm. well, now I'm starting to think, you know, yeah, if this was in Kyler's backyard, well, of course they could they could do that, but <laughs> it's not. You know, this, yeah, this no. is going to be on a neutral field, and again, kind of like kind of like the game, the bowl game yesterday, again. Both teams going mm-hmm. over a thousand miles to play this game. Yeah, but I think you're going to see more people in Frisco on January 5th than you did mm-hmm. last night. First of all, it's a weekend. Second yeah, of all, this Saturday. game actually means something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, this game actually means something instead of being nothing against all the bowls of of the FBS, but. Uh, you yeah. know, this is not a meaningless bowl game. This is the national championship on the line. Mm-hmm. I figure, te- I figure both schools are going to be well represented, and, and even even casual bystanders, you know, that might be, you know, in in the Frisco area will come down to to Frisco Stadium, to uh, Toyota Park, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, to, Toyota to watch Stadium or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have Toyota Park here, where that's where our uh, that's where in Chicago, where the uh, where the Chicago Fire play. Oh, that's right. where I'm getting those two screwed up. Yeah, yeah. Toyota's got their name on a couple of things. Too many soccer yeah, fields. Yeah, on the Toyota. go figure. I'm sorry. I said too many soccer fields with Peoria or with Toyota. Oh, yeah. Good point. So and they, they could probably play soccer at this stadium too, but you know this is Texas and this is football, so yeah. go figure. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about how you you wanted to know how these two how their running game stacked up against like those bigger teams. So mm-hmm. I pulled up Eastern's top two running backs: Antoine Custer Jr. and Sam McPherson, and Custer in their Let's start with Montana State. He had 27 rushes, or nine nine carries for 27 yards. Weber, he had 12 carries for 22 yards. Then you go down to UC Davis. First time, he had 15 carries for 100 yards. And I know some of those some of the games say some of the games this year he was hurt at one point, but okay. he didn't play against UC Davis the second time. And you go to McPherson, he had he didn't or he did play against Montana State. Montana State he had nine carries for seventy four yards, three carries for twenty two against Weber, twenty one carries for ninety five against UC Davis first or the first time. And then twenty four carries for hundred and forty three the second time. So that's also telling me that, that nothing against Eastern Washington, but they're not going to have a balanced attack. No. 
I don't think they, so either. They are planning on going to the air. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to fly. Nothing against that, but the Eagles aren't. Yeah, anyway. Um, you know, that's, that's just not going to fly, you know, against a team like North Dakota State. I mean, they're going to shut that down. This is a team, nothing against it, but this is this is the best defense really right in the in the country. I think I Weaver might have been I think we it's arguable, I think Weaver really in my in my opinion was probably the best defense in the big sky, arguably mm-hmm. in in FCS football. But they're gone. Yeah. You know, See- um, Weber was statistically I, I, was number two in the country, so uh, so they would be the best in the Big Sky. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and, and go figure. Number one uh, was probably North Dakota State. Am I correct on that? Uh, no, it was actually Colgate. Well, there you go. Bison were shutting people down left and right. So. Yeah. That makes sense too. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, where 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 was um where was Eastern Washington and, and North Dakota State then? Um let's check that. Let's see. NCAA North will have State, it. I'm almost surprised you're telling me isn't isn't one of the top couple. I feel like they are in the top part of it. the top part. Wouldn't surprise me if Eastern Washington was too how they played in their games. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they, they can't take anything away from the Eagles in that respect. They were a strong team, yeah. but I don't think that they were the best, the best in the, uh, in the big sky or in, you know, and again, as you mm-hmm. just pointed out, Weber State was number one in, in, in there. Yeah. So, see, statistics, defense, I can do it. Here we go. So, for defense, said Colgate was number one. Oh, Kennedy was actually number two. Okay. Then it had Kennesaw. According to NCAA, through December fifteenth, Kennesaw was number two. But who did Kennesaw play to get that number two ranking? Uh, besides Jacksonville State. I wouldn't really say they really, they I don't think they didn't really play anyone. And other than I don't I don't even think the Georgia State game I don't know how the NCAA looks at that because they weren't in their own you know, Georgia yeah. State is obviously a FBS program now. Mm-hmm. Really sad when I can remember when they were FCS and, and even before that. But um you know, I I don't know how they how they factor those stats in because again, they're playing out of their division. I don't think they count those if they were playing out of their division. I but think then, you're right. Then we had North Carolina A and T was at three. They had the third best. Dartmouth fourth, and coming wow. in fifth. Well, Dartmouth, they they had a good team. The only team they lost to was, I believe that was, I that was yeah, that was a team. The only team they lost to was Princeton. So, they had, and that was in a close game, so they had a pretty good team this year. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, to have two Ivy teams that were ranked, you know, in the top 25, that, that was an impressive year. Oh, yeah. And then at fifth, fifth is where NDSU came in at. Okay. And then sixth was, oh, let's finish up the top ten. Sixth was JMU. Ah, Preston would have been proud. Well, it was their offense that wasn't good. Their defense was good. Yeah. Their defense kept them in game. Say Preston's told me that quite a few times. Yeah. Well, he put it on the, the uh, you know, when we were discussing yeah. games, he he put that out there, you know, hey, look at look at what we could do here, but yeah, our offense, good luck. Yeah. 
And then we had seventh was St. Francis out of Pennsylvania. Eighth was Alcorn State. And that doesn't Not, surprise me at all. Yeah, that, that didn't surprise me either. Ninth was Drake. Which, that one, I wouldn't be surprised if they considered out of conference for that one because they played because their defense played really well against Iowa State. Yeah, but Drake was playing well in the Pioneer as well. Yeah. So. And then. So yeah, that that doesn't quite surprise me, but to, to know that they were in the top ten is is, is that's impressive. That's still pretty impressive. And then, to finish off the top ten, Princeton was at tenth. Okay. Yeah, well, they were blowing. They were, they were blowing teams out left and right. You know, the Tigers were so. Yeah. Go figure. Oh. But Washington, they had they had it on both sides of the ball. They had a great offense and a great defense. Oh yeah. Eastern Washington's defense is ranked at number sixty. So they were farther down than I thought. Yeah, they were. And it makes you wonder makes me wonder about how I picked uh, the score because remember, um you know, I, I did ask for mm-hmm. scores for that final game. I'm wondering if, if my score isn't gonna be a now I understand why it's a thirteen and a half point difference. Yeah, now I understand that with that defense. Yeah. Um, Let's look. Let's look at offense now. Eastern Washington has, according to the NCAA, the second ranked offense in the country. Behind who? Davidson. Which? Well, I'm glad I was sitting down for that one. Yeah, I'm like. I'm trying to figure out who did they this year that. They had a couple of games. They completely blew. Two Wednesdays completely blew out two teams, or there's something. They had one game. I think it was maybe that really like point or something. That might be why. Still. Okay. I That's mean, yeah, they had I a couple really one. good scoring games, but nothing. I would have thought that they would have been ranked the number one team offensively in the country. I mean, they, they were doing that week to week. No, they were in the Pioneer as well. They ended 6-5. Right. and five. Well, Obviously, their defense here, didn't keep up. Yeah. They averaged... They were never, you know, they were never really challenging the Terreros, you know, for the, for the top spot. No. Look at these, their stats. They average forty about forty five points per game. So that that's what makes that's the only way I see it is because how many they average offensively. They also gave up four points a game too. Okay. So their offense was good. Their defense not not so much. Got it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because especially a team that's that's the number one offense in the country shouldn't be ranked yeah. or shouldn't be, you know, finishing with a record of six and five. And again, they, they did not challenge the ter- in fact I I'm Davidson and, and, and San Diego, I don't even think that that was a close game. If it, if if I even remember that game. I'm looking right now. Oh it was a four point game. Okay. Oh, was that that might have been the one. I think that was the one San Diego came down and scored a touchdown with. Yeah, San Diego came down and scored a touchdown with a minute 43 to go to win it. Okay. So, and according to this, is in front of an attendance of zero. Well, we know oh, that, that was, could have happened. Yeah. That was the game. I just saw that. That was the game where they had the um, Davidson had set the single season rushing record for seven hundred eighty or the single game rushing record for seven hundred eighty nine yards. They had 
Their four ru- their four top rushers were over 150 yards each. Oh my goodness. So that explains their number one ranking in offense. There you go. That, yeah. That game right there. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Then Eastern Washington was at two. And then NDSU was at three. Or no, NDSU was at sixteen. I'm just looking at the comparison here. I think the reason they're, I think it's all based off of this. The rankings are all based off of yards per, or yeah, yards per game. Because they're ahead of most of the teams ahead of them and everything else. Okay. So I think that's what most of it's based. That's the only way I see it. How did the rest offensively, how did the rest of the top ten fare out? Uh, uh, after Davidson and Eastern, Princeton was at three, which made which also makes sense that they're up there. Samford, they were at four. Jacksonville State was at five. Hmm. Idaho, Idaho State was at six. That doesn't surprise me. They were doing well. Yeah, they were. UC Davis was at seven. That doesn't surprise me either. No. Stetson was at eight. Who was? Stetson University. They are in the... I don't know what... I don't even know what... They're in the Pioneer, too. Looks Uh like. They they finished right behind the Toreros. Yeah. Yeah, they lost Good. to the Toreros, and that was that was really the last the last thing that the uh, that San Diego needed to win the Pioneer was was that win against Stetson. Yeah, they needed that win in week five. I know, but I mean nothing again after after San Diego started rolling. That was pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. And that was Stetson was really the old, the Hatters were the only team that really could have challenged, but they lost to them, you know, kind of early in in conference play. Yeah, that was probably only their first or second game in in conference play. Yeah, that was their first game in conference there in week four, or yeah, four. Okay. Week five. Okay. What? Yeah, week five. I can't do math. It's okay. <laughs> and then you're on semester Stet- break. Go figure. Yeah, no kidding. I got a month of that. Let's see, see, so yeah, Stetson was at eight. Ninth was Incarnate Word. Uh, doesn't surprise me. No, then, I mean they were. They were definitely winning it on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah. They had some exciting games, you know, there in the top lands. Not many people saw that coming this year either. Oh, no, because when I did the, when I did the Southland, you know, um, media poll, I mean, they were picked almost dead last. And that's yeah. just of, of members of their own conference. So all of a sudden, Incarnate Word starts winning, and it's like, what? Where did this come from? Because you know, in, in the as you know, in the nation's toughest college football pool, we we actually did Incarnate Word a few times as a wild card because they were playing teams that they shouldn't, you know, be uh, be under. Losing to, you know, they should, they should be winning. Yeah. Yeah. So they were picked. They were picked third to last. Mm-hmm. Teams nine, right above ten. Houston Baptist, I believe. Yeah, teams nine, ten, and two in that conference made the playoffs this year. Wow. Yeah, and then I thought I read CAA like Maine. They were 
picked like eighth or something like that, and they won it. Seventh or eighth, yeah, they were. I mean, it was. Everybody was talking about, you know, could New Hampshire knock off James Madison, and and could Elon be a dark horse? Yeah. Well, there you go. Maine. Now, if New Hampshire was healthy all season, I think they would have been a good team. They weren't healthy. They didn't get the quarterback to win the season. Well, yeah, I mean, when you lose your quarterback in the first half of the first game, good luck. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he's the preseason offensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, CAA, they had one. They had the, the one preseason, three, four, five, eight, and ten all in the playoffs. Hmm. So, so a lot of craziness with preseason well, and, polls, and, you know, comparisons. And, and as you probably remember, you know, a few years ago, I remember people complaining that the Missouri Valley had five teams in the playoffs and then go figure, you know, they put six colonial teams in the playoffs. And I, I, I still shake my head to that. I, I'm still questioning what were they thinking? Yeah. The only time I could have seen six teams from one conference, I think, if I remember correctly, but I think it was like 20, I want to say it was 2015. And that was the Missouri Valley in 2015. I think that was the year I could see it. Mm-hmm. it was, that was the year where they were really good. Yeah, we had a lot of strong teams that year in the Valley. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll that agree with you. We could, have, we could have had it that year. See, if, I was thinking if we, didn't, if we didn't have it that year, I didn't think we were going to get one at all with six teams until this year now. I'm still surprised that they went with more than than four. Yeah, you know? I, I I for sure thought Elon and Stony Brook were going to be out after losing. Well, and how so. they how they avoided putting Indiana State in there. Yeah. I just don't get it. Only you know I I I truly thought when they kicked that field goal in Macomb that they were going to the playoffs. I'm. I thought they were too, and I bet. I guarantee they probably thought they were too. Mhm. I think what hurt them was that loss to you and I. That's right. I was just thinking about that. That's the one game and, and I, I, still, I think it hurt and, them. And, and that, and that's the other team that, that that blows me blows my mind from the valley even that got into the playoffs was you and I. I don't yeah. know how we got onto this tangent, but, you know. Part of that, I think, is because they blew out South Dakota State. They blew them out. I'm sorry, going through a bad bad spot here. What would you say? So I think part of it was, I'm looking at it right now, but I think they blew out South Dakota State, too. I think that's part of the reason Northern Iowa got in. I would have to look back at their schedule, but so I'm looking, I, you know I'm that could right have now. been part of it. But that that could have been part of it. But at the same point, you just look at the entire body of work and grr, six and five, and you know just they not won, that great of a record, even in the valley. Twenty-four to nine. That's not even a really a blowout. That's two. That's no. really two possession game. That's just. Beating uh, average the state team. Yeah. So while I'm on this staff, do you want to hear another staff while we're here?
Let's see. Alright, we may have lost Jeff. Yeah, it looks like we lost Jeff. Let's see if he calls back in. So yeah, after recap, we got some of that recap. They did lose to North Dakota State, forty-four to twenty-one, and Eastern Washington beat Maine fifty to fifteen. Then North Carolina and they beat Alcorn State in a good game. Again, or 24-22. So we'll see if Jeff's back in here. Well, we talked a little bit about the championship. That's going to be a great matchup here in a few weeks in Frisco. See if we can get Jeff back in here. We can talk some more. Let's see. Let's preview a little. We'll talk more about that game, actually in two weeks, because we'll be taking next week off due to Christmas. So we'll be talking about that here in two weeks. See if there's any recent updated news in the FCS here while we see if Jeff calls back. We've got... Let's see. Oh, here's Jeff. Jeff, you there? Yeah, I'm back. So, anyway, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how we got under that tangent, but it's okay. Hey, fill air time. Yeah. So, oh goodness. Ooh. All right, we run back. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, I love talking about the teams that we uh, that we should have gotten in there and didn't get in there, but yeah, you gonna talk about this week? There's not much. There's not any games to preview besides the championship. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, um, wait, yeah, we should have some. We, you know what will be fun to talk about with uh, with Preston and Dakota? Are do we have any award winners that we need to start talking about soon? Oh, we actually do have some award winners that have been announced. Hold on. Okay. I saw I saw those the other day. We had some. They announced some awards already. Let's see, Walter Payton will be announced later. Buck Buchanan will be announced later. Um. There's a couple that were announced. I saw. And so, the um, UC I think it was UC Davis coach. He won the. Uh, he won the coach of the year, the Eddie Robinson Award. Good job. See. I think that was a good choice. Yeah, I agree. Again, there was another team that came out of. You know, they were not expected to do that much, but yet here they come. So that was a good yeah. That was a good hit. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Walter Payton hasn't been announced yet. I thought I saw Jerry Rice was announced. I can find him, though. I saw um, somewhere I saw, I don't know if it's like an official award, but there's like a lineman. I saw this on with his lineman of the year or something like that went to um, or offensive lineman of the year went to what was it oh Tanner Volson from North Dakota State the center okay I don't know if that was like an official award I saw that on Twitter oh good um, uh, I saw a couple Western of course stats uh, All-American so that was cool yeah I, w- I went through the stats FCS All-Americans are First team at least. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if they were first or second team, but. Let's see, we had. There was awards. I know. Jerry Rice. Award. Okay. 
that that was announced. That was there were 15 names. That was um, that winner was Josh Davis from Weber State, their running back. They say that he won that one. Um, let's see. I don't know who else won. It had been all that they had announced. Let's see. Yeah. Um, oh, there was something else. Oh, what was that discussion earlier that they, that we brought up um, about attendance last night? Of course, I kind of alluded to it, you know, with the oh. fact that Ohio and Ohio and uh, – and and it's funny, it's eleven thousand for that game, really? Nope. Yeah, was, I don't think so. Like, I don't see it, but that might have been that might have been before the end of the game too, because people leave sure halfway through too. So, but you know, they had those those teams both came from over a thousand miles away. You know, I looked yeah. up when we were having that discussion earlier. Ohio was 1,085 miles away, and San Diego State was over 1,300. You know, it's the Wednesday before Christmas, and that game's 1,000 miles away, and you're going you're gonna to expect that, that that crowd is going to be there? Oh, God. Yeah, especially if it's night and it's right before Christmas. Right. Right, and this isn't, you know, if, okay, if this is a January first bowl, okay, great, that's wonderful, but it's, yeah, no, it's, no, no. In fact, I can't mm-hmm. even tell you what the name of the bowl was. I can't even tell you what uh, the name. I've never heard I of something. Tell you right bowls, now, and I do these bowls was, every year. The only thing I remember from it was it the Frisk Bowl. I don't remember the yeah. exact. Full name, but I remember it was the Fris- it was called the Frisco Bowl. My favorite is right now the uh, we've got the Nixers Wanted Bowl coming up from the Bahamas. On, on... Oh, did you read about this? Yeah, I think I read something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. How the mayor basically is, um, you know, the mayor of Elk Grove Village, Illinois, is. Um, you basically, they—I don't know if if he's the main sponsor of the bowl, but I mean, Elk Grove Village is going to be on on the field for for the for the game on on when Friday night. So, I think that was cool. But at the same point, I I now now you're now you're really trying to stretch this bowl. You know, when we have villages yeah. that are, are sponsoring bowls, oh yeah, and let's let's put a bowl in the Bahamas because well they're they're so all about football in the Bahamas. Yeah. Like what? I think we'd be just as just as good to put a bowl over England. Yeah, I shouldn't suggest that because they'll 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 go do it. They will. Yeah. Yeah, and they might as well just make it a January first bowl yeah, and put it in Wembley Stadium if they're going to get it that far away. Just do that. Yeah, but I I truly think it's time that that FCS starts. Well, they have started talking about the 18 playoffs. We'll yeah, see I've how heard many the years only, it is. I've heard they're talking about, but the only team, only conference holding them back is the SEC. Well, yeah, I heard they usually get one or two in in, in there a year. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you just get more in. Yeah, yeah. The fact that okay, Big Ten shut out of the poll this year when really Ohio State or Michigan State or Michigan, I should say, could have could have gotten in there. I would have yeah. loved to have said Western could have, but. No, you know, uh, let's mm. let's get realistic here. Um, yeah, the Pac-12 doesn't have a representative. They should have a representative. 
this is this is where we need to start expanding this format. And I really think that some of these bowls need to be cut down, and we need to put these back on campuses. Like, you know, how, how mm-hmm. cool would a bowl be, you know, either at Alabama or, you know, a, a playoff game be at Alabama versus them and, you know, Michigan or, you know, yeah. you, you see where I'm going here. I mean, there would be more yeah. attendance at at a college site than there is at a neutral stadium that's a thousand miles away. Exactly. They have way more I think they have way more people staying at a college site. Yeah. Exactly. Or or, or better yet, a game up there in Notre Dame. Where, you know, for a Hank Garth Brooks concert that was that was a pretty awful place to be, but you know so but yeah, no. Have it. Have the game up here. Hey, I know that we're we're wrapping up here soon. Any final thoughts that you wanted to share this uh, week? Not really. Do you? No. I mean, I, I've been pontificating pretty much since I hopped on, so I'm good. All right. And, and you I, know, I look forward to our next, uh, our next show. And um, yeah, I, I understand the. Have you, so we'll talk about the Facebook Live uh, possibility coming up. Yeah. Say so that I know mm-hmm. and I we talked earlier this week. I don't know if you were I can't remember if we did it in the group or not, but we figured next week, no show. The Christmas. Okay. So and we figured there's not gonna be much to talk about anyways. Right. So we figured we'll see I, you guys I think then. On January third we we do a preview, but I think also, you know, we also have a that Facebook Live event coming up then on the 5th. Yeah, so we'll see you guys in two weeks on on January 3rd for the week of the championship game. Have a good week Excellent. and have a good Christmas, guys. You too. Have a good Christmas and a happy new year. That's true. We got 2019 rolling around. Yeah. All right, have good. a good night, guys. All right, you too. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.